Hello and welcome to episode 200 of the Loud and Proud podcast. Yes, 200 podcast, 200 weekend kind of Sunday night podcast. So about four years, give or take. I don't know when the actual anniversary is, but um, as long as you're happy to keep listening, I'm happy to keep producing the podcast. And there's plenty more patron ones in between, but yeah, four years anyway podcast and hopefully four more years to come. Uh, put all that sentiment to one side because we have a court game to discuss. But first, Oasis. Sing it loud and sing it proud today. We're now down the road on this trip to Cork and I've Colin beside me here. He's driving this week. Luckily, it was his turn. Colin, how do you feel, first of all, about the driving and then, then the match? I'm just looking out for the gallows inside the road there. Uh and I think there's six or seven thousand uh, people done for speed <laughs> done for speeding since yesterday morning so we're taking our time but we're in good time Dan so enjoyable trip so far the sun's starting to come out as well so uh, it was lovely setting off this morning in Dundalk lovely and sunny it's got a little bit dull but I think said it got cold and cold and cold. They got the rain the rain or not the rain the rain clouds kind of came over cold but it's always sunny in Dundalk is it? yeah well Dundalk and mid loud as soon as you come to Dunleer then it starts getting a bit dull Dan but <laughs> Come here, I'm excited about this game. Are you? Uh, what way are you? T- what's your thoughts coming down to it? Well, it's not the worst draw I think Lauda could have got. Um, I know Mickey Hart was saying last week he would have liked a home draw, but um, I don't. I couldn't have seen Lauda being allowed to play anywhere in, in Lauda. Would have been probably Navan. That would have been the home venue had they got a home draw. But um, look, it, it could have been a lot worse. I wouldn't have liked to have <clears throat> having to travel to Mayo or to. Monaghan or Armagh, they would they would have been I think worst case and now your draw. So I, I don't think it's the worst draw, Dan. But look, it's it's still it's, it's a tough fixture. Um, probably not as tough looking on paper as the match against Kildare in the, in the Leinster Championship. Um, I, I think the teams probably are a little bit more even maybe than Loud Kildare would it, what was a few weeks back. So, um, but look, I think I think Loud are underdogs. Um, but um, look, you're you're travelling in hope. Uh, you've, you've had a, a, a good few weeks now the, the lads I think have gone fairly well in training there was a few injuries obviously it'll be just interesting to see the likes of Dornan Casey Bourne uh, Connor Grimes you know are, are they fully fit um, you'd be hoping that you know you're, you, you know that they are that you're going to get the best out of them and uh, I, I think the start again Dan's going to be absolutely vital Loud cannot afford Loud cannot afford the start that they made against Kildare I don't think Cork I don't think Cork are capable of hitting maybe Loud as much as Kildare did early on um, I, I think it'll be a kind of a different game um, I think it'll be a bit closer but Loud need to stay in the game as much as they can in the National League they were finishing games strongly good second half performances that kind of wasn't the case against Kildare they left themselves with too much to do but I think if they can stay in the game give themselves a chance um, I don't think it's outside the, the bounds of possibility they're going to get a result today but I think I, I would say rightly that they're, they're underdogs then like there's a bit of optimism on, on the way down Like there's always giddiness like on the way down and I, I agree with you I think seeing it all week if we keep it tight make them kind of panic a little bit and we'll hopefully do, get, the, get the run on them yeah. you've been down here in Parkie before what, what should I expect it's, it's our loud people coming down well, it's beautiful, is it? Yeah, well, it, it was a, it was a novelty the last time. It was October 20 because, uh, because it was the la- first game back after the lockdown. But, uh, of course, Loud were effectively relegated at that stage, really. that that The result that day officially relegated them, but there was no prospect. Even though they beat down the, in, the, in the final game, but they were already relegated. It was the last couple of games of Wayne Cairns' 
rain but um, Oshaluk they conceded a massive score that day I think yeah. they, were, they were resigned to the fact that they were going down and that was it and there wasn't much of a there wasn't much of a kick in the performance that day um, look, great, great surroundings lo- lovely place to play um, but I, I think you know, there's, I think there's a different dynamic around the Loud team now obviously with, with Mickey Hart coming in um, the campaign and the league campaign they're after having done I think there's you know there's more optimism travelling down the last game it was just I think yeah, again and out of the way maybe. yeah we get out of the way it was fulfilling the fixture you know I suppose the only thing was that it was good to have a game after the long uh, break because of the first lockdown we were all glad to see football again even though you know for Loud was only really playing out the last couple of matches and then the championship of course beaten by Longford then that uh, I think that, well, that was November in yeah. 2020 so um, but in terms of the surroundings look there's no excuses actually it's a new pitch I think since 2020 as well they've, they've, they've put down a new surface in, in Park of Kiev and uh, you know Loud tend to Loud tend to perform generally uh, well in the in the in the, in the, in the big uh, open spaces. You'd be hoping, you know, that maybe that'll that'll bring a reaction from them today. Even though there'll be a lot of empty space in terms of the stand, I don't think there'll be a massive crowd. There'll be a small enough crowd here for this game today. I know there was a case as well, Dan. I know some people had suggested maybe uh, playing in a parky ring. Uh, you know, maybe just from an atmosphere point of view. But look, you have parky keep sitting there. It's after, it's, it's after causing an absolute fortune. <laughs> so I, I don't think Cork. I don't. I think there was ever any real prospect of it not being played at Parky Keeve. That's that's the county ground. That's where you need to be playing these matches. Then um, we haven't we haven't seen many loud people on the way down the car. But we're probably a little bit too early for them. But uh, I can't see them. I can't see a massive loud crowd below. Yeah, I think that's for me. That's one of the slightly disappointing things um, this season, Dan. Um, even when the one promotion down in Ockram. Um, I, I'm a bit disappointed that you know more supporters haven't travelled the games. You know, if you you took take away family members and friends down in Ockram, um, you know you wouldn't have been left with very no, much. You know, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a there's a hardcore loud support that go everywhere to follow them. But um, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe it's a, a general thing. Maybe it's not just confined to loud, but uh, certainly uh, supporters don't travel in the same numbers. Maybe that's to do with you know games are available now at home. You can stream them. You can pay a few quid. You can watch them. And maybe people, it's an easier option just to say at home and you know and, and watch a game way, yeah. do it that way that you're not that, that you don't you can you can see or listen to matches without actually leaving your own living room or your own kitchen so that things have changed a little bit obviously in recent times but I, I, I would like to see more because I think the team deserve that you know the, the fact that they've come such a long way in a short space of time and, and certainly in the league and national league level anyway you know, I'm playing Division Two next year. You would just, you would like to see a little bit more. And I don't, they, they, they have created and they're generating great interest and there's great talk around the team. But in terms of numbers, I would like to see. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that. Yeah, I, I think th- th- this weekend is an awkward one with the bank holiday. People may might have had plans set as well. But this is a likable loud team. You know, regardless, they're out there on a winning run, but they're a likable bunch, like. Yeah, they are a likable bunch, you know, and I think, uh, you know, Mickey Hart has to deserve credit, I think, the way that he's generated the interest around the team, a lot of good club representation, and it does, uh, you know, the, yeah, they, they are, they, they put in, you can see them, they put in the effort, they're all very clued into the whole system, they've, they've bought into it under Mickey Hart, they are a likable lot, no no question about yeah. it, and you, you just you ju- you just like to see more, maybe more loud supporters travelling, but as you say, a few factors, it's a long trip, it's a Saturday, not the, not the best day, it's a lot of people be walking, obviously, 
day as well. It's a bank holiday. People will have other plans, and it's a, it's a, it is a long journey for people. Maybe if it had to be a home uh, draw, maybe a Navin or closer to, to, to a loud venue, um, maybe you, you get more loud supporters. But um, I just tra- travelling in the road now. We're obviously a bit early, but I hope for maybe in the next hour or so there will be a few more loud cars on the road. But um, but then people, a lot of people travelling maybe on, on the train as well today. Uh, an option of travelling in the train, so there'll be a few supporters going in and down and down. Then the, the supporters club with the bus uh, of the bus as well. So look, we hope to be they'll create a bit of an atmosphere and a bit of noise down here, and uh, hopefully to be coming back, making a long trip home anyway in good form. Dan, nobody flying. Um Nobody flying down, is there? No, it's just trains and no planes and automobiles. So that's the kind of optimistic view before before this loud and car came. Yeah, so that was me and Colm. Bit of optimism there on the way down. Uh, great. It was actually a lovely spin down and a grand spin home, regardless of the result. Maybe we got a bit of a, a bit of a jolt when uh, we heard when we were listening that Mead couldn't get the job done just thought the way the way their goalie was going and the way they were playing they were going to edge it and the, and the way they were coming back but yeah um, let's get into the flow of the game you're going to hear more from Colin you're going to hear from John Cleary you're going to hear from Mickey Hart and then you're going to hear um, 30 po- talking points if you signed up and only 3 if you haven't so if you want to find out them all do sign up I really there's, there's 30 there and there's fairly good ones in there too and there's loads there's actually loads plenty of colour plenty of controversy and plenty of good analysis that you wouldn't get anywhere else so let's get into it the the flow of the game ah lads if you were following on uh, on if you signed up you would have got the emails of the teams being updated and uh, the, the latest announcements so kind of we had was in a spin because first of all we heard of three changes and then it became four. One of the changes, what well, didn't come to pass. Leonard Gray was supposed to win, but it wasn't him coming in at all. But so the four late changes were, um, were as follows. Um, John Clutterbuck came in instead of Leonard Gray. Uh, Leonard, sorry, Leonard Gray was rumoured to start uh, in the game, but it wasn't. It was John Clutterbuck, Ryan Bournes, Darren Alley and Darren McConnell. Um, they came in for um, Tom Jackson Tommy Dornan, Kieran Bourne, and Conor Grimes in the starting team that was named. So um, my head was in a spin. It was, it was just it was it was a low. I knew Mickey was naming a dummy team if he named it that early. So we, we know his form. If he names it early, he's going to dummy team it. And if not, it's it's the team that goes. So getting overall of that, we we name the team that started. James Calif, Dan Cork, and Donald McKenney swap positions, Dan Corkin started right full, Bevan Duffy full back Donald McKenney left full Cole McKeever went from to from number 10 in his back to right half Liam, uh, Niall uh, Sharkey was at the half, Liam Jackson was left half, Conor Early and John Clutterbuck were in the middle of the field Craig Lennon started on the right wing, Samuel Ryan the 40 and Ryan Bournes on the left wing Darren McConnell in the right corner and Kieran Downey started on the square and his Blues teammate Darren Alley started on the left. It, it was closer to my uh, my team, which is picture which I was very happy about. Um, Cork, on the other hand, they had they know they they named the team as, uh, as they were one to fifteen. The only slight change is Sean Powter swapped and went left full, and Kevin O'Donohan right right full. But the way it kind of worked out, the way it transpired was Powter was kind of the free man, um, kind of playing that sweeper role. He played against Kerry, but just. Well earmarked beforehand, but like the the actual the 
team lineup was fine. I knew the way it was young energy, uh, hustle, and going to be mobility and getting around the field and hitting them on the counter. It was uh, it was setting up that way. It went well. The pitch was perfect. Oh my God, what a beautiful! I felt like a GA tourist down there, like in awe of this mecca, of this site of a like a like a megalithic or neolithic kind of site of just worship. And it was just it was a really really good place to play football. Um, immaculate, still kind of new. You could feel the newness of the concrete and the walls, and it was just. It 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 was funny though in in a sense that it was wet it was dour it was, it was hazy there wasn't really the sun wasn't really bursting through it got wet come the second half so it was kind of made for a sticky encounter and like our lads modus operandi on the day was to keep things tight we kind of knew that um, we're going to keep it as tight as possible on the scoreboard we're going to squeeze out this underdog victory come the end. And that meant men behind the ball. And we didn't disguise it one bit. We went, as soon as the ball was thrown in, the, maybe we kind of let them win the throw. I would have liked to win that throw up and drive on. But they're, they're two big men, O'Callaghan and Ian Maguire. Good players, really, really good, solid. You know, seven out of ten midfielders, day in, day out, playing a high-level football. So we set up fairly um, fairly defensively. Grand, I don't mind that. Um, we'll get to that later on in the talking points. But Cork duo and the only lads that scored until O'Callaghan's late goal was Sherlock and Horley. Um, and they, they opened up a three-point lead. Sam missed a couple of free. Didn't look right with the freeze at all. And then Ryan Bourne dropped one short and they opened up a three-point lead. That was crucial. We needed that lead. Um, but we still, our game plan remained intact. We received, well, we received a great boost after 70 minutes because we wiped out their advantage when uh, Liam Jackson countered. Uh, great work beforehand by Dan Corcoran, Craig Lennon, um, Sam just stalks his prey, bearing down a goal as usual, and gives the right pass, the right decision for Liam to kind of flick it, palm it into the net. And that 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 was a great, great boost. You kind of thought, yeah, we're good. This ambush is still on. Cork did respond though. Sherlock really, really good from freeze, really tasty. Um, Sam and then opened his account with a reply, a free in reply, but. We needed it. We needed the lead, but because of Sherlock, it's accuracy. Like he was just, ah, he was very good, very good. For by news, good from the bars, but he was excellent. Like off the ground on either side, either touchline, he was banging them over, um, and out of his hands as well. And it meant that they punished Loud for any mistakes, and they rewarded Cork for their patient attacks. So kind of a double whammy for us. But still, the second half was all to play for. We were very patient. We weighed, like, it was still way down with intrigue, thanks to Dan Cork and coming up the field. Looping shot, cord arc, it went over the bar anyway. That left one between it, seven points to one three at half time. I thought, right, this is still on. This is still on. Um, Sam and Sherlock traded a pair of frees each. Um, it was just beginning to, uh, we're getting a little bit ragged now in terms of losing possession right down the centre when we didn't have to. We were a little bit forceful that we didn't when we didn't have to be. They kept getting up the field. It was getting a little bit away from us. John Clutterbuck then forced a stinging save into Chris Kelly. It was his debut, championship debut in the Cork goals. And then the ball rebound gets worked back in, worked across, and Kieran Keane has a great chance to punch it from close range. But then Leo their captain, uh, the Lee Siders captain, Horry, he sensed the, he had a bit of class about him, like you know he did. He sensed the kill and he duly applied, duly applied the the, the kind of the 
the neck breaker, if you know what I mean. Just with a classy point on the curve, the, the work the ball to him, give it to him, he's a shooter, he finished off, then a lovely goal move. Sean Perry, I thought he might have, I'll talk about that now in a few minutes in the talk points. But yeah, he finished the game more or less 111 to, what What was the score then? The paper, 111 to 1-5 then. And to be fair to loud, without even fully rat, like pushing the troop and throwing the band in a caution to the wind, they, they went scoring three in a row. Two Jackson brothers, um, Liam and Tom. Tom came on then. Tom came on after with 66 minutes. So we got a score after 66 minutes. Um, Kieran Keenan came on for Ryan Bourne's 44th minute. Tommy Dorn came on for early 45th minute. Leonard Gray for McKeever or Connell at 62nd minute. And Connor Grimes for Nally at 65th minute. And Tom came soon after 66. Um, so I, the two Jackson brothers got a point on the side of Kieran down the effort and, and that left two in it I thought right Jesus right 1-8 to one eleven. that's still three in it sorry Um, but then uh, look at powerful O'Callaghan big midfielder we talked about him playing full forward in the last day he played a monster specimen of a lad he bulldozed his way through um, he's only other go score a four cork in the day. Barrel his way through. That proved to be the clincher because Connor did get a goal instantly in reply, but there was no ambush for Loud. Um, Sherlock complied to finish with a free to bring this the stodge affair to a close. That was it. That's the that's the flow of the game. We will hear now. There's a fair bit of cut audio here, and we're going to hear now from. Um, the Cork manager. He's some strong words to say about the spectacle and how le- how he's learned and what how what he thought of Loud's approach and him being a football man and what have you. And then you'll hear Mickey's response in in the second part of this audio. Um, and then yeah, no, then then you'll hear Colum. Actually, we'll finish with with the after with Colum, and then I'll get into it with the uh, talk of us. what's your reaction to it? I suppose in the end it was relief, you know, um, like they made it very hard, like made it very hard for us in, in, in the first half and maybe we didn't cope uh, as well as we should have. Uh, we ended up going to corners and we just, um, you know, they defended very, very deep. We expected them to be defensive, but they had 15 inside the 45 and, um, you know, we said at half time we just have to be patient and, um, you know, as long as we kept the point or two ahead, I always felt that we had... Um, you know, we didn't have to go chasing the game. It was up to them to come out. And, and, and then at that stage, and I felt, you know, maybe at times we, we, we took the decision not to take it into tackle maybe and not to take it in and give it away. And uh, we, we just said, that look, at some stage, they, they won't be able to keep that going all the time and they, they may tire. And, and I think maybe that's what happened. And look, when we got in for a goal there, we maybe thought that was it. And the second goal definitely looked like it... it, it we 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 win it handy enough in the end, but um, you know we let them back into the the game in the end, and they pushed up on us like, and I suppose maybe they might have a few regrets like if they pushed up earlier, where we would have taken them, and and maybe it would have been a much better spectacle for everyone. But um, look, I suppose the main thing now is we got over the line and and relief, and you know we, we'll just see what happens next week. Um, what positives did you take out of the final quarter? I mean, you got some very well-taken goals and you got your scores. I mean, you did finally find a bit of space. Is that something to build on? It is, yeah. I, I suppose, look, we're not used to playing against particularly, you know, that type of ultra-defensive, you know, in the league. We played Derry and, and uh, 
you know, it, it, it probably wasn't as defensive as that. And uh, we just found it hard to break down. And, you know, here in Munster, probably, you know, you're playing teams that that they might be a bit defensive, but nothing as as, as defensive as that. And it, it was up to us. And, and I thought, look, you know, our, our two goals, we, we just kept probing and kept probing. We were patient and, you know, we got the two goals there that, that ultimately, you know, it took us over the line. And another day, um, you know, we could have easily been caught there if, you know, like... Um, if they had got a goal with eight or ten minutes to go, you know, they would definitely shut up shop completely then and we probably wouldn't have been able to get the scores. But I, I always felt the very fact we were two points up there for a lot of the second half, it, it meant that we could be patient and hold on to it rather than try to force it and give it away and maybe get getting getting hit on the break. Do you, do you care about the spectacle, or would you just rather get the job done? I I do. I'm a football man. You know what I mean. I, 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 all my life, I suppose I'd be hypocritical now if I if I I, I I would have rather if that was toe to toe there today. You know what I mean. And but on the other hand, like they'd have been fairly hard criticism if if we went down the the, the barrel of 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 Louts gun there today, and they'd have picked us off and they'd have beaten us by a couple of points. And you know the the, the criticism would be then why can't you cope with the with the with the mass defence and and you know as I said the very fact we were a couple of points ahead today helped us maybe to that we could be patient and things like that. But look, I'd much prefer if it was intend and, and you know what I mean, that's that's what I was brought up in and I think, you know, I I prefer that. But look, needs must at times and, and you know, at least we'll have another day out maybe to, to go to that. But Look, it 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 was ultra defensive there today, and and I like we weren't. I can't say it was Loud decided to play that way. That was their that was their decision. Um, but if you ask me, I prefer to be going gung ho, and and the best team with, with with some tactics drawn in, and and but like that that that's something I I wouldn't be uh, like to be watching myself if I was in the stand. And do you feel now after coming through that you're better prepared now for the final twelve? Uh, look, yeah, I, I, I suppose we we wanted to get a win under our belt today. Um, you know, it was a tough winter for us. You know, we 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 lost. Um, you know, we lost three or four league games at the beginning. You know, uh, we lost a lot of players through injury. We lost our manager, and it was a case then at the end of the league we won the the two matches to keep us up in Division 2 to get us into this competition. Uh, we went out against Kerry and we gave it the best shot we, 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 we could. I felt on the day, uh, even though we were well beaten in the end, but for 45, 50 minutes we went we went toe-to-toe. So, and then today maybe is another step on, on the progression. Um, there's a lot of the lads there that we have this year that it's there. They're in new, and it's we brought them into the panel with the view of maybe that they'd be ready for next year, or the year after. But they've got to be thrown in at the deep end. So look, um, you know, being in the last twelve, we want to go in now and hopefully give a good account of ourselves again next week, and to be to be great if we could get over next week and, and get into the quarterfinals. That's that's ultimately where we want to be, and the likes of today and the likes of next week are all hopefully stepping stones and learning processes. That, that we can maybe in two or three years' time that we can get up to Division 1 and be competing at the top table again. One of those newcomers, John, is Brian Hayes. He showed when he came to the second half and what he brings to the table. Yes, um, de- definitely, yeah. Um, uh, Brian was, 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 was missed nearly all the league through injury and, and now he's just coming back into the 
you, you know, getting fit and things like that. So he's he's been only really training the last maybe seven or eight weeks at full tilt. But, you know, Brian is a very good player and, and um, you know, I think he's a great prospect. Brian is only 20 years of age. So, you know, I, I, I think going forward, you know, he is a point off for Cork. Can you hold the back? Will be available for selection next week? Um, I, there, there's 50-50 chance, I'd say, you know. It, just, it was near enough to, 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 to be in right today, but wasn't. And... Um, it's probably an area that we know to our cost in the Munster final that, uh, you know, if you lose a goalie, it is a sub down. And, and if, it, you know, when Michal wasn't 100% right, there was no way we could chance him today, you know. We leave it at that, so that's good, man. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks, John. Let's look. Yeah, thanks. Cheers, Cheers John. Yeah. It's usually in Crew Park when you see these many weapons. Mackie, for 65 minutes, probably kind of gone any more to plan um, just the two goals killed it ultimately uh, well the goals were, were big scores there's no doubt about it um, and I suppose we, our game plan was going well um, but I suppose for it to go perfectly you need to stay in, stay ahead preferably and we didn't stay ahead at a critical time in the game uh, we missed a few chances to give ourselves that ability to make them still come at us stage of the game when they were able to hold back a bit uh, it made it difficult to get the ball back then we did get the ball back we had a, a few breakaway attempts and we probably shot from places that wasn't a high percentage chance of going over even so everything's critical in a close tight game every possession counts and probably we didn't make enough of the possessions that we had to work hard to get uh, we didn't probably make enough of them but I can't fault their effort I can't fault the way that they applied themselves to the game that we had and um, Cork just ended up with more scores than us at the end of the game. I suppose that the sense of progression in the dressing room, the, the Kildare matches we spoke about last week would have been a jolt but that probably restores whatever faith maybe is in the dressing room this is a process that's that's upwardly mobile. Well yeah that, that, that's, that is part of the story like I mean to concede 222 in a game is not, not very pretty and um, we didn't feel we were that much behind Kildare, but the scoreboard said we were. So definitely we had to be more conservative team than we were the day we out against Kildare. And we believed if we were cautious and, you know, had our, our conservative game well under control, that we could make life very difficult for Cork, and I think we did. And um, uh, But then I suppose it had to open up after that. There was a stage we had to go for broke, and that left us vulnerable at the back. Uh, probably their second goal, which was critical to the final outcome. I do feel that we would have deserved a free. I, I feel we had a, a court player trapped and tur- and held onto the ball too long, but uh, he got the he got the decision, and that actually was a very critical decision. But then in tight games, many decisions are critical. What is the sense in, in the dressing room? Is it just literally that the year's at an end? Is there, is there any sort of pride in it? Like this? Oh, of course there's pride in it. I mean, they, you know, many, plenty of teams would be proud of winning Division 3. I mean, at a stage after two games, it looked like we were relegation material. And I think that they knuckled down and they had a really good run to get to the final and then actually won the final. So you know, there's a lot to be proud of and a lot for the players to be happy about. But I suppose it, it's asking the question now that you're up to Division 2, this is the kind of form and standards you need every day you go out and, and better than that, considering some of the teams that's in Division 2 next year. So that's a good experience for the players that 
you know, it's given them time to say, let's let's get more of the work done that teams have to do over time. There's certain things you can't fast forward. You know, it takes time to mature players to the physical state that those who are at it three or four years are at now. So there's no way of fast forwarding that. That takes time, that takes effort, it takes dedication. So I think the boys now realise this is a stage-by-stage process and, you know, to be at the next level then, we've got to prepare to be at the next level. Just don't wake up and decide we're going to play at the next level. Your impressions of Cork today, Mickey? How did you think they played? Well, I think we surprised them by the way we set up and, and, and I think that was part of what we were there to do. And so they didn't have to deal with that very often and probably won't want to deal with it much more either. But but uh, we needed to be doing that to keep ourselves in the game. I think if we'd played toe-to-toe football with Cork, we've seen what they, they can do. There's lots of very good footballers in Cork. And with the space that's out there, I think it'd be very difficult to, to, to hold them. So not for us to end up on the end of 2.22 again, we, we had to do. We had to play that kind of game today. And I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for them, but I think it'll stand to them in the long run. Just on when you mentioned the, the way that you played, is that I'm not saying a template moving forward, but like with with the type of players that you had in the starting team, it, it suited to a degree that fast breakout um, approach. Like so <coughs> looking at Division Two, like the step from three to four is probably not as big as the step from from three to two or from mm-hmm. four to three. So, like, is that something that you look about developing? Um, moving into next year necessarily you have to have lots of things that you're able to do it's horses for courses it's it's how the weather conditions are it's how the players you have at your disposal are on any given day and and the opposition so I think you have to be able to move to different stages of game you can't go out and say this is the way we're going to play football and we're going to play that regardless of what we encounter you play the football that you need to play to suit where you want to go at a particular time and that's not and that could be within one game. You might have to change and flip it totally and do quite the opposite of what you start doing or vice versa. So it's a very fluid situation and we need to be able to apply different methods of play confidently and competently. And that takes time and effort. Just within the game, at <coughs> half time, like the, the situation you found yourself in, like, was that you know, a, a position of comfort for you necessarily that you thought was still well in the game? Oh, absolutely. I mean... Because the name of the game was to, to curtail them from getting plenty of scores. Then they ended up getting three points at the start, which wasn't in our script for the game. Then we had that breakaway goal, which after 18 minutes then, all their effort for the three points was negated. And that we were back in a good position then. This was the start of the game again. We were playing against the Breeze. Um, we were in a better position when that happened than I feel that they would have been. So, so yes... Um, we were happy at half time. We would have been much happier if we had got more scores, which we probably had the chance to do. But we were happy enough that this is our game, game on. The game was over at half time, practically against Kildare. So that had to change. You've gone from Division 4 to Division 3 to Division 2. You've taken load from where they were to where they are today, you know, within you know, <coughs> half of getting into the last five in the country. Do you care about the criticism, Mickey? You will get criticised in some quarters for the manner in which you play. But is this this is you doing the best with the raw material at your disposal? Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. And you've got to play to the conditions. You've got to play to the players at your disposal. Like, we don't even have all of our players at our disposal at the minute. 
I mean, there's about six or seven players that we had regulars last year weren't even available to us uh, across the whole season. And today, like we had three or four men that would, would have started most of the games and weren't able to start. And Anthony Williams hasn't kicked the ball for us all year and he was one of our better players last year. So you have to cut the cloth to suit, yes, by all means. And, you know, there's a lot of people who actually criticise certain styles of play. I asked the question, you know, would you rather go to a game that was over at half time or go to one where there was a lot of intrigue about how you might be able to break down a defence or how you get score against a lot of numbers behind the ball? I, I don't like watching a game that is over that's two twelve to four points at half time. That doesn't entertain me at all, and I'm sure it doesn't entertain anybody. It gives you the longest second half you could ever dream of. But if we go and play this way and people don't like it, then maybe they need to open their mind a wee bit to look at the different ways of playing the game. Mickey, would your, would your best would say have your best 15 if everyone is fit? After two years of the job, how far would you say that team is away from uh, making maybe another step up in the years to come? <laughs> Well, it's very difficult to say that. All I know is that they're, they're on an upward curve. And, you know, it obviously rising from one level to another gets more difficult. So the next stage is the most difficult. To get from two to one is the most difficult. So we, I can't really answer that definitively until we set out on next year's programme and know who we have at our disposal, what's their state of fitness and, and their attitude, if you like, to, to the higher challenges that come their way. So... It's a work in progress and, and we'll be doing our best to at least consolidate where we are and not be hanging on by the skin of our teeth, so to speak. Uh, so if we can do that, if we can do enough to be able to sustain that position, I think that's the best that we would be hoping would be, would be fit for just now. But if we could better than that, I would take it too. Perfect. We leave that fast, yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks very much, Mickey. No bother. Cheers, Mickey. Well, Colin, we were down with a lot of optimism. Um, still little bits of optimism to take from that performance, but overall, just a tough defeat to take. Tough defeat, Dan, yeah. A long journey home. Um, yeah, look, we mentioned before the game, the road ward was they are going to be very defensive, and that's the way it turned out, and that was the, the tactics adopted, and obviously Mickey Hart felt that was the way to go. Um, he more or less said in the press conference after it that uh, you know he, he obviously wasn't confident going toe-to-toe with Cork um, with, with a few key players missing as well um, and you know look they were well in the game up until what 10-15 minutes to go but the, I think the goal that uh, the first goal that Cork got really that was really knocked the stuffing out of loud even though they came back after it and, and they showed a good response but you know, maybe had they you know gone for the jugular a little bit earlier before the goal arrived because they were chasing. It was a two-point game for a long time, Dan. Yeah, a long time. A long time, and and you know, I thought maybe maybe a few minutes earlier, if they had to just uh, maybe go for it a bit earlier, um, they, you know, they might have been able to haul it back to a draw game, and anything was possible at that that stage. I just thought maybe they left it a little bit too late and were too negative for too long. Um, but look, a hard a hard watch. Um, you know, I don't like that kind of football. And even the, the Cork manager, John Cleary, more or less said that after. I thought he was very honest. His assessment is that that's not the kind of football he likes to watch. If he was a paying punter, um, he, he wouldn't like to be watching that. But look, um, if it had to work out for Loud, you, you would have said, look, they were right to go the way they did. Mickey Hart seemed to think that um, it still was the right way to go, even though they lost the game. But I'm not too sure. For me, uh, you know, following on so quickly after the, the Ulster final last week, um, 
Dan, there are too many inter-county matches now that are just turning out to be hard watches and too hard to watch. And I think spectators are getting a bit uh, peeved off with it as well. Yeah, like what was the fifteen hundred tickets sold? We were we were told beforehand, like you know, it, people wouldn't come out even after that after seeing that today either. No, when you when you and, and you and you remember the second half, um, the, the the Cork supporters started kind of jeering every. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were getting frustrated, and their team were winning at that stage. You know, so I, th- I think that I think there's a and and that te- the, the 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 style of football, in particularly under county level uh, at the minute, I I, I think that, you know they need to ha- take a, a, st- a look at. I don't know what the remedy, I don't know what the solution is, Dan, but um, it's not it's not good to watch. Um, you know, we all like good open play scores uh, op- from open play it's not happening at the moment today it was it was more you know free taking you had Sherlock on one side you had Sam Mulroy to a degree for, for large parts it did open up a little bit on occasions in the second half but just overall uh, not, a, not a good spectacle and uh, you know at the end of it uh, whether it, whether you could say it backfired and loud I'm not too sure but uh, but certainly you know they showed a bit of spirit when, 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 the, the, when the first goal went in but then they were opened up obviously for the second one but uh, I would have liked to see them be a bit more expansive a little bit earlier on in that second half when, when you know when they were chasing the game I, I probably I'll probably go into it more in the podcast to follow but I, I, I wasn't overly like the fact that we're still in the game and we kept ourselves competitive in the game for me kind of justifies it obviously we're going down and losing by four points their first goal was crucial because if they don't get that goal it's still that two point as, as the game winds down and with their, there's anxiety there if we lob a ball in and Connor did get a goal at the end and their second goal uh, on top of their first was probably more vital because we did get that goal in the end and it just excelled them to have that margin and push on and get the win and be comfortable because we needed a really tight towards the end yeah, I just thought I think I think it stayed a two-point game for too long. Dan, uh, I think Loud didn't just show enough ambition for me when it was a two-point game. Never really looked the way they were set up. They just continued doing what they were doing. Every every man behind the forty-five meter line. Time was ticking on. The clock was ticking down. Time was running out. Cork were good at keeping the ball at that oh, stage, well, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, and, and even you know even the, but they showed I thought a little bit of lack of ambition as well. They were playing possession football and and Loud just Loud just struggled to. to to, to show enough ambition of their own and, and to try and get get closer to the Cork goal, so, um, but you know, I, I definitely the first goal, the first goal more or less that that really killed the game. I know Loud Loud got it back to a three point game again, but uh, I think the damage really had been done. But look, d- disappointing, Dan. Um, it's funny that Colin, when you say that about Cleary after the game, we'll hear that later. The, the audio, he he says, oh, like we kept them at arms bay, but it's only a two point lead. Like we really, like we could have, we could have. There was just a, if we had just went for broke, or maybe if t- like we say that right, we had two great goal chances denied by Kelly. Like John Clutterbuck drills, drills one at him and he stings his palms, does well, and then even after that we get the rebound, we work the ball across, and Kiki's denied. That was a good palm. So like you know, just it wasn't kind of going away either. We had to be cagey. I, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Look, little things like that. I suppose you could, you could, you could look back in the Kildare game as well. One or two things that went or went against us, but we, we were. It was obviously a, a different sort of game. It was a, a bigger margin, a bigger deficit we were facing into in that game at that stage in the second half. But um, yeah, look, little moments here and there. But I, I don't know, Dan. I think I don't, don't think for me, loud. I don't think they just did enough today. But look, there were, there, there were everybody. They all went out uh, to, to, to play that they were told yeah, to play that yeah, way yeah. 
you know, a, a lot of fellas, I'd say, probably weren't comfortable with that. They would have, you know, because um, we mentioned earlier, fellas, there was a lot, there was a, a lot of pace in the in the loud team, but they were told, look, you're behind the ball, you're be, you, you do you do what you're told, you have to you have to play defensively, and it probably didn't suit a lot of fellas today. But that was the instruction going out, uh, in the hope that you know that you were going to win the game, but look, it didn't it didn't it didn't happen then, unfortunately. That's thanks, Colm. The football GA purist there, um, chatting with me on the way home. Great uh, overall though, um, Colm. Lovely facilities, beautiful spot. We got we got in we got in eventually. There's always one, always a lad with a bib, a bib or a high vis trying to stop us. But the trip to Cork, it was, it was, it was all right for us. Yeah, it was yeah, it was good. Yeah, look, um, we say it time and time again. Uh, you know, all all these away trips, be it Division Four, Division Three, or Division Two, or Championship. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Dan, yeah, yeah. we we said we stand back in awe of the facilities that other counties have. Now I know Cork had obviously had a lot of difficulties and a lot of financing issues with Parky Keeve, but which is when you see the facilities that they have there, whether it gets enough use. You know, I know that there are concerts and whatever else, but in terms of games, I was asking somebody after the match, when's the next game here? They weren't too sure. I think there were, might be a few, one or two camogie matches, um, but not nothing. Maybe the next couple of weeks. So maybe it's it, maybe it's been underutilized, uh, Dan, because it's a it's a splendid facility. But you look today, and you'd have to ask questions. I mean, you know, very very small attendance. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the loud numbers were like. We couldn't just see down in front of us now. The Cork supporters that were there made a bit of noise in the second half. Um, um, but but uh, you know when you look around and you see empty, an empty stand, the far side, empty terraces, um, you know for for a for a football qualifier, um, you'd have to be asking questions, um, you know about where things are at in Cork, and um, you know a, a stadium that size does it get enough use, uh, you know that given the money that has been invested in it? Yeah, definitely not. No, straight away you can tell definitely not. Even they didn't play Kerry there because they had the concert and that. But that's you talk about. Cork's kind of season or whatever but loud season comes to a close overall still generally on the upward curve yeah well look I, I think at the outset if you if you said that you know you were going to secure promotion from Division 3 I think most loud supporters would have settled for that regardless of, of what the championship threw up um, I, I think overall it will go down as a, a very satisfactory season but you know the question is now you know where uh, where do loud go from here are they capable of staying up are they capable of getting those results that will keep them in Division 2 next year um, with the style of play will it be more of what we saw today next year you know Mickey hard will he be sending his team out to, you know to, to, to kind of win at all costs and that kind of a, a system um, he thought it was going to work perhaps today for his team next year will it be more of the same because you know you're going to like, like Cork, Cork would be one of the so called probably one of the worst teams to be playing I would say they, they you know struggle to stay in Division 2 this year might be the same scenario for them uh, next year but you know when you're coming up against Kildare or Dublin Mead or whatever else and some other teams it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough ask to try and get those results so um, Loud's tactics or style of play that would be something that would be interesting now next year or whether they will go back to the, the more open style the brand of football um, but again Mickey Hart said it was horses for courses no, no two games are the same he probably analyse every match individually Dan and say well look this yeah. is the best system and that's the way I want you to play Colm, thanks very much. That was a, a little great to have a chat with you on the way home. Thanks for the, thanks for the lift as well. <laughs> You're more than welcome, Dan. Yeah, so that was Colm. Great crack with Colm. Um, really insightful from John Cleary as well on his thoughts on Loud. And then he's kind of like saying, maybe we could have pushed it later on. And then Mickey 
fairly bullish and I like that I like he was we had to cut the cloth to measure um, why why do we have to do that that would be a talking point that I have here and uh, yeah let's get into it three talking points and then you're going to get your free one then as well so let's get pen and paper out going to number these 30 to line them up for you the first one, the first uh, talking point I have from Cork is the six point team. That was the that was the thing I, I I was on about. I was harping on about all week that Cork were six point team better than us, and we had to negate that. And we we went and we kind of we stopped them from playing. I'd say Mickey would be still disappointed that we, it was four points in it, despite playing that way. But we did bridge the gap somewhat. You know, we 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 did stop them from scoring. We uh, did like I mentioned Cork and Offaly in the league, the one twenty two to one twenty one. We couldn't have scored that, mate. You know, we had to play the way we did today, and it's just things didn't go away. When we put the pressure on, we just couldn't get it to work. Um, and that that was that's the, that's the main talk, mate. There was six point team, and we did bridge the gap, but just not enough, um, unfortunately. Talking point number two. I fell for their first goal. I thought Powder fouled the ball. I thought he held on to it too long and possibly a throw ball in the, fl- the flummox of the ball out to Hayes to lay- who laid the ball across to um, Hurley for the finish. And I don't know. I uh, Yeah, I thought that was, for me now, a foul. I'd have to look at it back and GA go, but at the time, I'm nearly certain it was a foul. So that was crucial. Because I kind of give them the energy and I took the, the wind out of loud sails. Talking point number three for me, your final free talking point was Craig Lennon. He was excellent. He hasn't played since uh, before the Wicklow game. And he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like, in terms of the fundamentals, any ball went to him stuck. He kept the possession. His weight of his hand pass was correct. His, his positioning, his tackling, his uh, counter-attacking his assists, his his movement. It was just brilliant. Any good play Laird had generally came from him breaking up the field or making the right decision, be it in position or in possession. I was really impressed with the Marcus Man. What a first season he's had. You know, Jesus, to explode on, everyone tipping him. Yeah, Craig Lennon played very well for the Marcus in the championship run. He should be with Laird. And he did get the call off with Laird and he did prove it with Laird. And credit to him. Absolutely uh, brilliant performance uh, from from himself. So that's the three free talking points podcast. Um, you've heard from Mickey Collum and John Cleary. Uh, the loud ladies take on down tomorrow. Do or die tomorrow, really, because um, the down are defeated in the first round. So it'll be he- it'll go down and head to head. Hopefully, they get the job done. Uh, that's it it'll be all club action from here on out we'll have league all about the shows next week uh, what else am I thinking uh, yeah I'll probably have to do a bit of a round up on the, on the loud season which is brought to, brought to a close on the 5th of June uh, the date doesn't really matter we got to the top 16 in the country we can be very proud of ourselves after a great season thank you very much for listening thank you for listening to the previous 200 podcasts uh, episodes on Loud and Proud like I said plenty of Patreon ones in between please do sign up massive reaction on a big week of podcasting but um, that's it fortunately it wasn't to be for Loud uh, it wasn't for the lack of trying four points defeat on the, uh, the lee side on the banks of the River Lee we'll put it like that so until next week thank you very much for listening goodbye